The He Podcast is powered by Higgy Nutrition. Healthy gut, happy you. Who is he? He is me. Hi, I'm Rafi Redswan. This is he. Here is my chance to share some amazing stories with some amazing people that are inspiring to me. He celebrates everyday people of everyday life. He revolves around conversations that inspire others to change the world and make a difference in life with a little bit of laughter and a whole lot of drama. Join me for personal stories and experiences on health and healing, successes and failures, recovery and discovery, anything relatable and anything in between. He elevates us to rise again and live our very best life. Just so you know, you are not alone. He is with you. We all know that vegetables and greens are good for you and are essential for good health and proper nutrition. However, given our current lifestyles and hectic pace of life, it sometimes is difficult to get all your nutrition on a daily basis. That's where my daily greens comes in. My daily greens is a premixed prebiotic drink that contains chlorophyll, spirulina, pomegranate, ashwagandha, and pagaga, all in a convenient sachet. If you want to be the boss of your health, just mix one sachet of my daily greens with water for better gut health, better energy, and immunity support. I have been taking my daily greens for some time now and have noticed improvements in my gut health and my overall well-being. Plus, it tastes good. As a special offer to listeners of the HE podcast, you can get 10% of your order by using the code HE10 at checkout. Just head on to HIGINutrition.com, that's H-G-H-Y-Nutrition.com, or visit the link in the description below. I was being a bit of a trouble yeah. because you know I didn't know when to do this and then will this be difficult? Oh, tentang senang, senang je. Okay. Tak ada, senang je. Cuma nya you busy dengan tak busy je lah. Because I saw you, you apa semalam ada work ya. Yes, I'm chasing. Yeah, the Malaysian is Malaysian. Yeah. Malaysia the day before you did something. I'm saying you busy, Shah. Shah Shamshiri awakens the soul to decipher a series of life's awakening moments. In this episode, he sparks the conversation on what set him free from pain, frustration, and disappointment as he uncovers the sheer power to alter and define his journey of becoming in search of a deep sense of life's purpose with pure serenity, fulfillment, and happiness. As an award-winning lyricist and a notable multilingual writer, he reveals the humble beginning of his career established over 20 years of relentless hard work, unswerving determination, intense patience, and ferocious appetite for success in due course earned him an eminence in the Malaysian music industry. Despite the ordeal of the enlightenment he encountered being inexplicable, His ulterior motives for existence remain to touch other people's lives, to live in the present without taking life for granted, and to rekindle the spirit of romantic love. This is his story. Hi, Shah. Hi, Rafi. I think you resonate with this topic in your songs, you know? Thank you. Thank you for actually thinking of me. I didn't think, you know... I would uh, end up on your thoughts <laughs> with this, but I do whatever keeps me busy. So yes, yeah. 
Yes, that's good. That's good, uh, Shah. And thank you for saying yes. So this conversation with Shah Shamshiri, this series of awakening moments that set you free from pain, frustrations, and disappointment to find a definition of living a remarkable life. In your definition, to find serenity, happiness in the journey of becoming and how you focus on your future to live in the present to help you navigate a life that's meaningful and purposeful. So what is your definition of an awakening moment and what does this mean to your life? Okay, first of all, that sounds like a question for a huge exam. It doesn't like something you can answer very easily. Yeah. Seriously, that sounds like uh-uh. a question you would sit for, I don't know, a psychology uh, or a philosophy paper or something. But based on my perspective, an awakening yeah. moment to me can be any moment which triggers, uh, which triggers your thoughts. Okay. Yeah. About uh about life in general, especially at my age. Uh, okay, I'm already forty five, so at my age, after you know four decades of existing on planet Earth, uh, I can safely say when something triggers my thoughts and remind me about life. Uh, in general, first of all, life in general, like, uh, it can be as as petty as um, it can be as petty as. Uh, good fortune. It can be as petty as good fortune. For example, somebody who just got a job and then they've worked for a long time and then after they work, then they realize they're not happy or something, then they get a new job and then, you know, I, I'm using that example in general. An awakening yeah. moment because after you've worked for, for several years, then suddenly you quit your work and you end up doing something else or something happens during work when you realize, oh my God, what am I doing? Like, is this going to be it? Am I going to do this mundane routine over and over again? Now, that's an awakening moment for me. And I'm being yeah. honest. I bet yeah. all human beings have more than one awakening moment. We have several. So, yes. uh, for me, in my case, considering I've done a lot of stuff, uh, work-wise or socially, mm-hmm. I would say I have several awakening moments. So, it's hard for me to pinpoint uh, just one, because I know there are several, but since the question is, what is my definition of an awakening moment? I would say that would be a moment where you suddenly think about life, where it triggers your thoughts to think about the current you, the past you, and the future mm-hmm. you. So that's an mm-hmm. awakening moment for me, because it makes mm-hmm. you like, yeah, you wake up. Literally, you do wake up and, oh my God, where am I at this point in life? Uh, oh my God, mm-hmm. when that happened, when I got my new job, or, or when I quit that job, or, you know, something or like, uh, again, as you know, I, I, I am an award-winning songwriter. Like when I won an award, yeah, it triggers me. It triggers life. Like, like I think about life like, oh, I just won an award at this age. Um, it's something I thought of when I was a kid and now I'm actually. Yes. So that's an awakening moment. And like I said, I have more than one in my life so far, Alhamdulillah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, and um, yeah, I saw you uh, receive that award on TV. Your face was glowing, of course. Of course. But backstage, guy, backstage, guy, or the next day, the next day after you wake up, mesti ada rasa macam, what's next? Why am I here? I just won an award. What does this mean to me? You know? Uh, kan? Betul, betul, betul. Although people celebrate you, kan? Celebrate course, you like, wow, wow, Shasham Shiri. Wow, you my God. You work with celebrities, big names in Malaysia. And um, you also... A writer, yes, 
And I see that a lot in your work, in your product, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, in your songs especially. Um, what has led you to be on this journey? Like, it's, I'm sure it's an, an ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. I specifically, I have chose this life. Now I have a kid. I still <laughs> wake up like asking myself, what am I doing here? Why is this my chosen path in life? Mm-hmm. What am I going to do with my life? There's a future ahead of me, of course, but mm-hmm. am I happy? I cannot say that I'm entirely happy. I am grateful. Yes, I am, but I can be at times. I'm not grateful. So in your perspective, what, what does it like have to be for you? Okay. When people see you on the surface of social media, the people uh-huh. that you work with, we uh-huh. put you, um, we put you up basically. Like we see you, we admire you. Like we want to be you, Shashan Shiri. But do we want to be you? Do we want to be Fazura, for example? Like I love her. She's so pretty. She's so kaya and everything. But do I want to be here? Of course, I want to be her. Oh, I want to be you. First of all, what led me to this journey? Uh, okay, mm-hmm. being a practicing Muslim, of course, I would believe it's God's will. However, as we know, mm-hmm. as, as Muslims also, you got to work for what you want. You cannot just say, yeah. oh, just leave it to God and everything. Yes, God is there to guide you, but you got to, the, 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 the line is you got to work for whatever you want, okay? It's fated, yeah. but things are given to you. The cost can mm-hmm. change. If you decide not to work for this, you work for something else, something else happens. So, I mean, winning an award is just one thing. Yes, it's a childhood dream for somebody mm-hmm. like me who always wanted to work, mm-hmm. I guess, be part of the entertainment industry. I was always... Uh, adoring the whole showbiz thing when I was a kid, seeing people perform, winning awards, singing, which I'm very happy that I got to be part of it. My dream was, at one point, I even wanted to sing. I was on a, a singing competition years ago called Asia Bagus when I was 20. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there was a show called Asia Bagus. Uh, it, it was a weekly singing competition with contestants from Singapore, Indonesia, Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this show was like around the 90s or the late 90s. And I was on the show. At that point, I thought, oh, I wanted to sing. Then I realized, okay, I was on the show. Uh, I didn't win. I could sing. But I realized after being given the chance to work in the entertainment industry, I, I realized like, oh, singing mm-hmm. is not for me. Because it's like, yeah, so I can sing. But there are a lot of other people who can sing way better. Yeah. But then I realized I had other gifts. I, I could talk and I could write. So I said, oh, that's another way for me to get in. So I ended up writing for singers interviewing mm-hmm. them you know being a journalist because that's my true passion mm-hmm. um and then i guess i figured out oh that's my ticket to win the award my way so mm-hmm. it took me years okay it sounds so cliche but yeah. i only i started writing lyrics in 2000 late 2000, 2001 actually mm-hmm. okay uh, and I actually won my first award in 2000, I think it was AIM 2014 or 2015. Mm-hmm. So technically, it took me almost yeah. 14, 15 years to win my first award. It sounds yes. so cliche when people say, oh, you have to work for it, don't worry, it'll come to you. Now, if I knew that I would have to wait 15 years to win an award, some people might just give up. If Let's just say God uh-huh. told me at, 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 in the year 2000, oh, you want to win an award? You will, Shah, but you're going to have to wait 15 years. Now, if I was a human, I mean, I, I'm a human being. I'm saying if I was given this, yeah. this ability to see the future right now, even uh, let's say work, you just yeah. start your job with a with a pay of, let's just say, 2,000 ringgit in Malaysia. And I said, ah, when will I ever earn 10,000 ringgit? And then suddenly you're given this gift. You know what? You are going to make 10,000 ringgit, but you're going to have to wait for another 30 years, for example. 
Yes. Will that motivate you to keep working or just give up? You know, it's very connected. Yeah. Some people say, "What? <laughs> to make that thing, I'm going to do thirty years. I might as well not, not, not do that. Then maybe I'm just going to do something else. And I know, okay, maybe I'll just mm-hmm. work. Okay, lah, because it might already deter my, my spirit and motivation. Maybe I will say, oh, I'm going to have to wait that long to get that much money. I don't want to do it. But like I said, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And not that I'm saying my dream uh, was to win an award, but it was part of it because, like I said, uh, I I would like to be acknowledged for my work, mm-hmm. and it was something I've seen since I was a kid. Like I said, a childhood dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, seeing people win awards, so I just went for it. And I guess that journey, now that journey, which um, the question was like led me to this journey. Like I said, was mm-hmm. again cliche, not giving up. But at the same time, I didn't really. Put thought into it because I would I I mean come on I was being honest uh uh yeah. 2020 20 years ago 20 plus years ago I was just some kid mm-hmm. who started out writing yeah. and you know you just started out right so you just write and the, again another cliche line time flies so time really did fly you mm-hmm. do not realize in this process of writing so many songs since the year 2000 my first lyrics were Sarima Skinny Kautiada. So when that song came out, uh, it was first the English version, Now That You're Gone. And they told me, Shah, we want you to write the Malay versions. Actually, uh-huh. even uh-huh. my first work was a translation. I actually translated Now That You're oh. Gone into Malay. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote her other single called Damai. Now, Damai was also translated as well. So technically, I translated songs first. Of course, they were my words, but I was given the mm-hmm. English version first. Yeah, and while yeah. all this was happening, Sarima won Best New Artist while I was studying in France. So the journey was really nicely planned by the Almighty. Mm. But a lot of things led to it. Like I wrote it first and then mm. after writing it, my opportunity came to study in France. I went to mm. France. So it's like I was killing two birds with one stone, I guess, while, while trying to get my master's to, to, to live my dream of speaking French. So like I said, I have several awakening moments. Like I said, I, I, yeah. I didn't want to study in, in some English-speaking country because I could already yeah. speak English. And I already got my degree, of course. Uh, uh, disclaimer: I already, I already completed my university studies in Malaysia. So, yes. um, I already had my honors degree, and I, I just wanted to pursue my studies, do my masters. So, went to France to do my masters after writing my first lyrics and just leaving it that way. I even think that that uh, it would win an award, or I mean, Sarima would win an award because it was just, oh yes, I'm excited. Being the young man that I was then, I just mm-hmm. wanted to see my name on a CD. You know, I wanted to see my name on the CD and it actually happened and, and they sent the CD to me before I left for France. So like, oh, Shah Sarima's single is out. The album's out. Yeah, your name is there. I was like, oh, exciting. And then the song gets played on the radio. So that was 20 plus years ago. And now when you say people celebrate me, uh, mm-hmm. people, people wish me well and everything, but then the next day it sinks in. Of course, this will all flashback. Like, mm-hmm. shoot, to think that, that I started out from, from nothing. I just kept going, thinking yeah. that, you know, 15 years moved on because my first award was Best Pop Song at the AIM, Underground Industry Music, when I won yes. Best Pop Song for Sesal Sparunyawa by Alia. It's a ballad. So, yes. uh, so that was my first time getting an award. So, of course, like I said, 15 years down the road, like, I didn't realize, oh, I finally got here. You know, I finally got to win an award. Padahal, before that, in 2008, I was already nominated for... Faisal Tahir's Mahakar Cinta. That's my biggest hit, I suppose, then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was already on AJL and AIM. Now, that was surreal. To be nominated for the first time in 2008, now, that was surreal. Like, oh my God, my mm-hmm. name's finally up 
um on this big music award in Malaysia in mm. I was on AJL AIM and then like wow this is such a big deal and Faizal himself won uh there was that time era the radio station had Anugrah era and mm-hmm. uh Faizal won favorite rock song or something for that song I wrote so mm-hmm. it was really like Mahakarshinta really opened up doors for me and that like I told you is one of the many awakening moments where I realized oh shoot I thought about this like oh to 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 have my my work acknowledged and awarded uh, although yeah. you know it was just a nomination but uh for the other two awards AJL and AIM I did win it was just a nomination but I got there and I thought mm-hmm. about it and I was like people were talking about this whole positive thinking and then you got to think it and it'll happen well of course again I said I'm a practicing muslim I believe you think it you work for it you pray for it mm-hmm. like asking god to you know make things easy for me so um when this journey led me to to what I am now uh, like you say mm-hmm. when I won the last award or whatever it's not just award whatever lah any work work mm-hmm. why thing mm-hmm. you obviously like you said the next day it will sink in you're going to think okay sha so you got this you got that are you happy is this what you want like mm-hmm. um well one corner of your head will tell you oh, yes you are happy because let's be apa your your line was so true cuz i i'm so glad that we actually resonate cuz we think on the same wavelength we're yeah. thankful yes we're thankful yeah. Because yes. we want to tell God, we don't want God to think like, "Oh, so you're ungrateful? I've given you all this, and still you're not happy." Like, no, it's not that I'm not happy. I am thankful, but we're all humans. That's the thing you cannot run away from. And humans tend to want more, no matter yes. how grateful they are, no matter how pious or how innocent, religious, whatever people say. You cannot lie. You're a human being. You will have a little desire to like. Yes, I'm thankful, but yes, I I bet there's still things we didn't get. There's still things I did. I know this for sure. There's still things I have not achieved. So, I'm mm-hmm. like, yes, God, I want this, but what about this? I wanted this too. How come I'm not getting this? And my other friends are, and I'm so envious mm-hmm. of them. So that that will always be there to bother me, I guess, to to bug yeah. me a little. But yeah. uh, the journey which led me here. Was definitely very beautiful, like I said, because uh, winning an award, the uh, Sarima won an award while I was studying in France. The song was acknowledged by people. Coming back from France, getting a new job, uh, writing for celebrities, working. Got I got to do the job that I wanted. I guess I always I always plan. Some people are not as fortunate. Um, mm-hmm. I know this for a fact. Some people study something else, end up doing something else, or some people actually study uh, uh, course A. Hoping that course A will lead them to uh, path B and C, but instead it doesn't take them there. I can safely say, a lot of mm-hmm. people know this, friends and family members, like, oh, Shah, you're very fortunate because I was one of those kids when I was a teenager, I already knew what I wanted to do and I had parents to guide me as well. Not all parents are aware of the world of communication. I, I studied communication as, you know, my first degree was MassCom. So not all parents know of MassCom. They only know your usual... Doctor, engineer, lawyer, accountant, whatever. So sometimes when they see the kid has talents or gifts, they don't know where to direct them. Yeah, they don't know what to tell this child. Oh, uh, your child is good at drawing. Oh, he's going to be an artist. That's it. They don't know like there's graphic design, there's there's fashion design, there's interior design, there's a million things. Just because you can draw, there's a million other possibilities, but they don't know. Thankfully, my parents were not like that. I think I remember my mom when I was in my teens. She already said, "Oh, you should take up math. It'll be perfect for it." It's because when she mm-hmm. was in uni, Mascom was already there. 
So she knew what mass comm entails, you know. Even my dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my dad knew I could draw when I was much younger. He thought I could be an architect or something. I thought about it. It's one of my chitta-chitta, mm-hmm. one of my ambitions in the in the school book where you have to write what's your ambition. So because I could yeah. draw, I thought that'd be a great job. Then I found out there's more to it than that. So this whole journey to me was very beautiful because this part of my life, I would say career-wise, uh, professionally, I got to where I wanted to be because I was fortunate to have guidance and I worked for it. Like I said, I really did work for it. I planned for it. I said, someday I'm going to be on TV. When I took up a degree in broadcasting at uh, ITM, UIT mm-hmm. Alam, or else mm-hmm. I'll be broadcasting. Okay, yes, we, we write, we could produce TV shows that was part of it. But I won't lie. I was your kid who wanted to be on, on screen. I said, no, I want to yeah. be in front of TV. I want to be in front of TV somehow, you know, because uh, I, I, I love to talk and I think I'm good at it. But it took me a while. I had the usual battles. I had to battle physical appearance. You know, I had to face the mirror mm-hmm. and tell myself, well, I'll make it. There's so many other good-looking people out there. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, everything requires a, a little dash of confidence. But I'm saying the journey actually got me here. I worked for it. I got the degree. Yeah. I knew what I wanted to study. And then I worked on myself. I went through a million auditions. And finally, I got to be a TV host when I was in... To, this was 2006, so I guess I was 20, 28, I suppose. Yeah, I was 28. So although it was just a satellite TV, but from there, then I got onto mainstream TV, on Media Prima, on TV9 mm-hmm. and everything. So mm-hmm. and it led to Bernama TV. So I got what I wanted to do. And for me, that was enough. You know, there are some people, no. Okay, like I said, some people, their dreams will be bigger. I want to be, mm-hmm. let's just say, a reality TV show host. So they, they'll have to work harder. For me, I think that really was just the dream. I said, oh, I want to be a talk show host. I think I'd be so good at it. I yeah. got it. You know, I, I got to host my own show on Bernama TV. I hosted a morning talk show. Yes, so, I saw. so many, so many awakening moments. That's why I said, what is an awakening moment? For me, that was it. Every time I got something that I dreamt of, I will stop and think about life all over again. As in, oh my God, it happened. I wanted this. I got it. So, like I said, mm-hmm. um, I've always been very thankful. Mm-hmm. But being human, yes, I still do. I, I won't say I'm greedy. I'm just human because I refuse to use the word greedy is when it's overdone. So I don't think I'm being greedy, but I am human. I'm a bit egoistic. I, I can be a bit selfish thinking about myself like, oh, ada lagi yang belum dapat. there's still things I didn't get yet. But always be thankful, Shah. You got all this. Some people really want this. They don't even get it and you got it. So, so this journey has been very beautiful. Uh, mm-hmm. And like you said, the most significant awakening moment, I guess professionally, yes, um, considering the many things that I do as a lyricist and songwriter, winning an award is, is of course, an achievement. But even then, let's be honest, I won the main award. I won third place at the AJL. AJL has first, second, third. I already got third place twice. Writing for Misha Omar, I got third place. Writing for Alif Sata, mm-hmm. I got third place. Obviously, mm-hmm. I won the first place, right? So, mm-hmm. so, so that's that is one of the things you want. You still want to want to yes, win number yes. one. Yeah. Yes, okay. yes. So that's what I'm saying. So that is still there. That's still a dream, which I really hope the next time I get nominated, oh my God, I get to win the big prize because that's a dream. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, How far along are you to... Uh, are you nominated? Have they nominated for Juara Lago? Yeah, not yet. Okay, eh? for this this year, oh. this year, tak ada, tak ada. because uh, okay. the songs I wrote this year, tak ada nominated. So uh, mm-hmm. that's also part part of the process. We have to get used to it. Some people think, oh, mm-hmm. once you you win an award, you're definitely going to know. It took time, but 
Yeah. I mean, the industry now, thankfully, I can say they know my name, the music industry, the people in the fraternity, they know. But yeah, it doesn't mean you're going to win an award every time. I mean, Malaysia's yeah. number one singer, she she doesn't win. Sinan Aliza yeah. doesn't win an award every year. Yeah. So True. that's reality. So yeah. you got to learn to live with that. So I've learned to live with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, you're the closest that I can talk to as um, I can say like almost a celebrity, like in this entertain entertainment business. Now, do people still need to go through um, auditions in order to get somewhere? Like even as a lyricist behind the scene, um, do they have to apply or... Because I always hear this, uh, people call me, people saw me on the street, people saw me on the social media and they call me, the producer invited me instead of going to the audition. How does that work? Okay, so, well, to be on TV, definitely, I believe. To be on TV, mm-hmm. I mean, as much as everything is online now, unless you start your own, like I said, you can start your own podcast, you don't need an audition. You can start your own YouTube channel, you don't need an audition. Yeah. But if you're going to work for an established company, a media organization, which select their people, then you will definitely have to audition. You're definitely going to apply for a job. It's like applying for a job. Mm-hmm. So even today, mm-hmm. uh, as as people think, oh, but everything's online. No, you still have to audition. However, there are ways to go through it easier because nowadays you have social media. Uh, a lot of people, I mean, now they choose radio announcers based on send us a recording of yourself, put it on social media. There. From yeah. there, people can see. But still, there is some sort of sieving done. You still have to go through the screening process where people look at a million videos. They pick, oh, the best 100 videos or something like that. So mm-hmm. that's when it involves talking, uh, you know, being on TV or being on radio. They do that because I know radio stations, TV stations do that. Oh, you want to be on uh, this, send us your 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 recording and blah, 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 blah. Uh, or now there's Malay shows like Hero Ramaja, okay, so, Send us whatever uh, you talking and why you need to be hero or major or whatever on, on video, whatever. So everything can be played on social media at the beginning. So social yeah. media helps, but an audition is compulsory in the end because they still have to pick the best out of the best. Now, being mm-hmm. a writer, a lyricist, well, mm-hmm. being a journalist, I apply for a job. If I can write, yeah. then the, the editor or whoever will pick and then they'll choose. And in the end, yeah, it boils down to who they want to pick because when you go for a job interview there'll be many people and in the uh ah this is one thing i i must point out okay yeah. uh, being a writer yes uh actually whatever job i this is me uh, at 45 giving my point of view if you're an accountant you both have the same accounting degree uh you both have the same qualifications and then you know uh, a person who's interviewing you for a job see comes and meet candidates okay i love giving this analogy to a lot of people Mm-hmm. And then both, uh, there are two candidates, both come over. They have the same set of qualities. Oh my God, this one is a graduate from here. This one's from there. They're both really good at what they do now. Really, what boils down to you picking the winner, picking the best candidate to be the accountant? And that's when I said, people may hate to admit this, mm-hmm. but I say it up front. Mm-hmm. We're human beings. It boils down to physical appearance. You've got two engineers coming for an interview. Both are extremely qualified. They have the same set of qualifications. So how do you pick? Being a human being, I know this. Maybe people refuse to admit it, but it usually boils down to physical appearance because it's just human nature. You will want to look at something beautiful. You want to look at something pleasant. Yeah. And yes, because they, they already justify. Uh, look, if I pick uh, candidate A, Candidate A has the same set of qualities. He can do the work. So can candidate B. Exactly the same. Mm-hmm. But I'm being honest, candidate A was just more physically attractive. So I picked candidate A. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. 
And that's the reality. A lot of people won't admit this, but I know this happens because, okay, in my line of work, being a writer, I'm not just a writer. I'm a lifestyle writer. You must understand. We're yeah. a different set. We're a different group already. When I applied to work for, uh, my first writing job was for A Magazine. Now, A is a lifestyle, fashion, entertainment, whatever magazine in Malaysia. It's an urban lifestyle magazine. Mm-hmm. It's very much like like Clio, Her World. You know, you're a bit glamorous lah, compared to your average newspaper. Yeah. So when I applied for the job, um, and of course it was writing in Malay, right? I remember. And my editor said it when I got the job. She actually told me, you know, Shah, let me tell you this. A lot of people came to apply for this job, yeah? Because you know it's EH. In Malaysia, there were not many Malay magazines which were considered urban. Most Malay magazines were for the mass, you know, catered for the mass. So it's a bit, the rough word would be kampung sikit lah. Ah, okay? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. in English, you say it's for the masses. It's not urban, so it's not as international. They don't really go for international assignments. But eh was the pioneer. They start with that and then there was Glam. So everybody wanted to work for these two magazines. So before I joined, when Glam just started, because A started first. And my mm-hmm. editor said, Shah, so many people applied for this job. But you know what? Uh, my edit- former editor, Kak Asya Meon, she said, but I picked you because you had the package. And I was, mm. I was dumbfounded. She actually said it. Some came mm. with long hair. Some didn't have the look. But they all can write. I can tell this, Shah. All who came, they can all write very well in Malay. And of course, I could write, but how well, I don't know. Because like I, I'm going to admit, I write better in English than Malay, I believe. Because, you know, I speak English at home. I started writing in English first. But I always knew I could write in Malay, of course. It was a passion. I've been writing since school. But my editor said, I picked you because you had the package. You had the image. You had mm-hmm. the look. You had the mm-hmm. right looks. Uh, you, and then, you know, you just came back from France. You could speak English very well. She knew that if she sent me for an assignment, I would... I guess, make her a bit proud. I guess, make the magazine, you know, seem really nice or whatever because our job involved going for events, a lot of events, social events, you know, all these big things. So, when my editor said that, it Mm -hmm. sunk into me later on when I ended up choosing for my candidates, I did the same and I told my other friends, maybe I'm being upfront about it, I say it to people but I bet people in the corporate world do the same too. Like uh, you're looking for an accountant, you're looking for an engineer. Yeah. When it boils down to the best people, you've got people with the same set of qualities. So how do you... They do. Yeah. yeah. They so do, they do. You're going to choose that, that, that beautiful person. So when you ask me about yeah. being, being, do we need to audition into whatever? Well, a lyricist yeah. doesn't need to be auditioned. You just look for, you You send your, your work to whatever, the record label, the artist, the producer, mm-hmm. whatever. Then they will mm-hmm. choose, that's it. Uh, one thing, I guess, a lyricist is considered like a freelance job. It's not a full-time job. So mm-hmm. they're not going to choose you based on your physical appearance. They're going to choose you based on your work. But if you're going to work, like I said, to be a writer, to be a TV host, there's screening mm-hmm. behind it. And I'm mm-hmm. sorry to say, mm-hmm. I still think your physical attributes will play a very important part. That's just reality. And if people want to object to what I say, please prove it to me. I would like to see you know, some sort of proof that, no, 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 our, our HR will choose anybody who's good. We're just going to uh, uh, turn the thing around and we do a ballot. We just pull out the name. Maybe some people do that. I don't know, yeah? For all you know, there are bosses who do it for fun. Like, oh no, we already got the right candidates. It boils down to these two. And they're both beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay, what do we do? All right, we're going to just close our eyes and pull out. Maybe some people do that. I don't know. But I can tell you, it usually boils down last but not least your physical appearance. Of course, your qualifications yeah. are most important. But your your looks really count. So the world is yeah. a cool place. Yeah. So Yeah. And also, I think when you say when they look or physical appearance, it can also mean so many things. I think someone who takes care of themselves, someone who has long hair, never showered, and then someone who looks good on the outside. 
Of course, you yes, benefit yes. someone who looks on good on the outside, right? Because we all know not like, everyone uh, is blessed with good looks. But you can, yes. you can, you can, take care, you can, groom. Yeah, take care of yeah. yourself. Yes. yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. 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 Now you've been in the business for so long. You are a lyricist for over twenty years. How do you protect your copyright? Like you personally, when you submit your writings, your oh, okay. lyrics, basically for for the producers so, of the song. So. For this, uh, thankfully, uh-huh. we live in 2023 and we are actually, you know, almost reaching the status of a developed nation. So, we follow what the states, what the Western countries actually do. We have a body which takes care of this. So, in Malaysia, it's MACP, Music Authors Copyright Protection. Mm. Um, the moment you decide to be a lyricist, you send your work or it's published by the record company, you have to sign a few papers. Of course, there's a contract and everything. So there's a body which takes care of all this. You don't have to worry. The moment, that's ah. why intellectual property, a lot of people, yeah, like I said, see somebody like you, very educated, even you don't know this because I don't blame you. You're not in the industry, so you don't know. <laughs> my parents, know. My parents didn't know this. My parents didn't know this. When they thought I was going to be a lyricist, I didn't know this at the beginning. I just thought my name would be appearing on a CD. That was it. You know, I was like, I want to be a lyricist. I forgot, about, I forgot the money bit when I... Yes, the money I, bit, the royalty. Yeah. So all I thought ah, was lyrics. That's it. I nothing. I'm I close CD. I'll be happy. I didn't realize there's money behind it. And when I got yes. my first check, my first royalty check, I came back from France. Uh, really, I again all beautifully planned by God. I like I said, I wrote the song. Then I went to France. Then while I was in France, the song won. Tarima uh, won an award. So the the song got all the airplay it wanted on the radio, on TV, and everything. Two years. I came back after I completed my masters. And I was jobless before I started looking for a job for a few months, right? I came back from France and Raya was coming. I said, oh, I want to give Duet Raya for the first time, but uh, I don't have a job and everything. And then suddenly, I received this check, a a letter in mail. I didn't know what it was, huh? What is this? There was a letter in my mail. And I yelled, I screamed, the whole house hurt. My dad was like, why? Why Why are you shouting? I said, oh my God, Abba, I just got like close to 2,000 ringgit. I said, for what? For writing a song for Sarima. Now, at that point, when you just came back from France, who's going to give you 2,000 ringgit for nothing, yeah? Yes. And and I didn't have a job. So I was like, and God heard my prayers. Me, I would like to believe again. I'm a believing Muslim. My niat was, oh, I want to give Duet Raya. And that's the car. You know, I wanted mm. to, to give uh, the Duet Raya during Eid because um, all my cousins do it. In my family, it's a tradition. When you work and you can afford, you give. It doesn't matter the amount. But yes, the whole thing about the joy of giving is better than receiving. I wanted yeah. to experience that and I didn't know what it was. So when I got that, I was shocked. I was like, oh my God, I just like got 2,000 ringgit for just writing that. Then I realized, ooh, if I write more songs, then I'll get more money. So that's when I realized. So when I signed those papers, when I wrote the lyrics, then I didn't know there was money behind it. I didn't think about it. My, like I said, my excitement was just to get my work out there and have my name on the CD printed. So then I knew that is. So there is copyright protection. It's done for all writers. If you your song is going to be sung by a professional singer, there are things you have to sign first. The record label will arrange it for you. And then the record label itself, they have their own publishers. So they publish intellectual property. So that's where the money goes to and it's protected. That's where your work is protected. So no matter what happens, as long as you live, if people were to use your work, your lyrics for anything, whether they translate my work, my name will always be there because it's protected by this body. The music authors copyright mm. protection. So we we receive royalties from several parties, from MACP, from our publisher, and then from uh digital sources. Especially now, uh, songs are played on YouTube, on on Spotify, iTunes. So 
So you get your royalty from various sources and it's all protected. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to worry about this. Okay. Okay. And is it, conti- is it a continuous thing? Like if they still keep using it until the day you pass, for example? Yes, that's a good thing. You'll still thing. be paid, right? That's a good still thing, be yes. Paid. A lot of people don't know that. So when my parents yeah. found out, like, oh, okay. You know, my parents were, of course, like I said, the typical parents who were born in the 50s, uh, late 40s. Of course, like I said, they don't know what kind of job you know, this entails how you get paid. So all they knew, I remember my mom was a typical, oh no, you know, don't, moms during the old days want your kids to be engineers and doctors. So so when I said, I, I love music, when I was a kid, I remember I love music. I said, oh, my cousin is uh, learning how to play the piano. This one's cousin. And then my mom just said it right up. Oh no, I don't like all this music, music, piano, piano, guitar, guitar. She said, of course, I don't blame her. She saw it as mm-hmm. this, is, there's no purpose in all this. It's just time wasting you know, like the typical Piramli movie, Ahli Music, it will it will amount to nothing. They didn't know. And then yeah. when I became a lyricist, they found out that I I get checks every year for just sleeping at home. My song is played on the radio. I make easy money. I don't even have to do anything. Like the song I wrote in 2001 is still played on the radio today and I still get money for it. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I, I joked about it with my parents, my mom. I said, see, ma, if you let me do music, who knows? I would have studied music, become a award-winning composer. I would have made more money. I just wanted to point out that, see, a lot of things people don't know. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you ask me that question, yes, the good thing about royalties is that you make money until the day you die. And when you die, you can pass it on to your heir. Mm-hmm. So, uh, since I'm not married, I don't have kids, I can pass it on to my nephew. And then, you know, mm-hmm. he can enjoy the benefit. He can still get the money, you know, as mm-hmm. long as the song mm-hmm. is paid. But there's a time limit to that, of course. Once I have passed, mm-hmm. the, the heir to my royalty will get it, I think, for about 50 years or something like that. And then it goes to copyright control. Then mm-hmm. the song is then, uh, like Piramli himself, the late Tansri Piramli. He's got so many songs. So his his children, his son enjoyed the benefits. But once this uh, the song has reached a 50-year limit, uh, then he will no longer get it because the one who wrote the song was the father. So, yeah, but that's how it works. So that's the beauty of royalty, not just for for songwriting, for anything. Now there's royalty from book writing, royalty from a lot of intellectual properties nowadays, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Videos, so yeah, things like that. However, not everything has royalty. I'm informed in Malaysia, for instance, an actor, you don't get acting royalty because they've complained. I heard somebody complain before saying that, oh, uh, lyricists get royalty and they look at us, we're acting and all that, but you must remember actors make a lot more money than writers. Actors, one, one time they act, they get like, yes. I don't know, a big income. So maybe that's why mm. there's no royalty to that. Because mm-hmm. they are paid. Even even in Hollywood, I don't know how it works, but I'm sure it's in Hollywood, la, it's the yeah, same. you work. Appearance, you work. appearance, they pay you one time, like one million for that movie and that's it. Um, yeah, see, exactly, yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. They want to be appear, if they call for an appearance in magazine, because some are paid, some are not. It really depends what they want. The discussion is between the two agents. So basically, some celebrities who are coming to my podcast, some of them ask for payment because they call them an appearance fee. But being yes, a non-profit, you know, I wouldn't be able to uh, compensate that for now. In Malaysia, when we do magazine cover shoots, but yes, so some actors have voiced mm-hmm. out before saying that it's unfair. But I said, no, mm-hmm. but you guys pay, are paid a lot more compared to yes. us. Yeah. Composers, yeah. people who write songs, we don't get that one first pay when, oh, because yes. they're not fair. All the time. Yeah. And, and yeah. so that's why it, it you cannot really compare Apple to Apple. So You cannot, yeah. yeah. No, but do Malaysian like, magazines... 
even like glam A and all that, they don't get paid, right? From what I know, they because don't. They, From what I know, they don't. They don't. Yes, because uh, exactly. we are giving you publicity. Unless it's a model. So I remember my editor taught me yeah. this. If it's a model, because model's job is to model. So if you're going to put a model on the cover and not write about the model, yeah, you're just going to put the model on the cover. Don't write. So magazines which do this before was female. Female magazine used to do this. Their covers were not always celebrities. They would pick just a random model to talk mm-hmm. about the latest season this summer. Okay, floral. So they just put a model. But inside, there's no cover story about the model, nothing. It's just maybe yes. a fashion spread. So you pay the model. Yeah. The model you pay because she's not yes. Yeah. Then I was right. I mean, my me and my lawyer was talking about this uh, particular celebrity who's asking for payment. Uh, um, okay, but celebrities usually we don't pay. Like, like. Uh, kan tak bayar. I know magazines, yeah. anything they appear, on radios, TV, because it's yes, a change of. You are giving them publicity. Ah, that's right. Yes. That's exactly. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. Okay. Now, can you tell me or enlighten me the difference between a lyricist and when someone calls themselves I'm a songwriter? Which actually, it's still it's yeah vaguely there's gray area there because I write I am I'm writing a song. The difference is when yeah. I say I'm a songwriter, I have to specify I'm the lyricist because I write the words purely. Okay, I write the words. Mm. The songwriter writes the melody, the music, the la 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 la, the tune you hear. So, but actually, again, you can specify that. Oh, she's the composer, or he's the composer. He composes the music. And he's the lyricist. But both of them are songwriters because they are writing songs. Yeah. So I think that's the only difference which people sometimes confuse where they think they hear the songs that I've written and say, oh, Shah, I love it, blah, blah. And I always tell them, oh, that, that one was composed by so-and-so, composed by so-and-so. I want mm-hmm. them to know mm-hmm. that the melody, the tune they're humming didn't come from me. The tune came from someone else. I wrote the words. But again, a lot of people who approach me, they actually like the song because of the words. They tell me, oh, I can resonate. I can relate with the words being mm. left or oh, falling in love or whatever. Oh, because those words are mine. Okay, fine. But I always tell them, oh, please remember, the song was composed by someone else. I wrote the lyrics. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes much more sense. Yes. And then it's appealing. I think it's more appealing and more professional to call yourself a lyricist. That's why, yes, I write on my social media, yeah. I write that yeah. award-winning lyricist and not songwriters. Yeah. So people yes. know yeah. that's what I do. Yeah. yeah. No, I do want to go back to at a point of time when was this song was translated, Mariah's uh, song called My okay. All. Yes, to yes. Yeah. And yeah. you said that um, it should be written this way. It would not have this batu, pemata, kacha. Yeah. Yes, yes. I yes. think you should Oh, you remember on. that. You remember yes, that. I remember I think you should go on and write that all over again, reproduce the song, and then probably work with Universal Studios, whoever that I think it's in this um, thing. And I think, you know, I saw this guy sang this song, my all. Yes, um, Naim Daniel. Naim Daniel. Naim Daniel. I this version is closer, a better huh. written version than the one. It's better, yeah. right? Yes, yes. much better. <laughs> I gave my all to have this one more night with you but then the the one mm-hmm. when Siti and everyone sang the lyrics is mm. but okay uh, with all due respect because the person yes. who wrote the lyrics is also somebody very respectable L.Y. by Dewey yeah. L.Y. by Dewey yeah. is very well known in the industry they wrote for Siti and that yeah. means this person translated now I'm not questioning her level of English or whatever I just feel yeah if she really is bilingual and she speaks English as good as we do, 
I would have mm-hmm. thought that she could come up with better words. I mean, I have the right to my opinions, and you remember this. Of I course. did exactly what I said. The song was just mm-hmm. I gave my all, but she changed it. But like you said, Naim Daniel wrote a better version. She wrote mm-hmm. a closer version to what Mariah wrote. And yes. however, I also think uh, Naim had a different approach. She wanted to make it a bit more spiritual. I think something yes, like one because yeah. yeah, the song is very sexual, apparently. Yeah. In yeah, Mariah's so, term, so yes, Naim yes. did it very spiritual. So, what would your uh, handle be like? Like, what would you take on? I will always call? find common ground, like compromise, stick it in the middle. So, not sexual, not mm-hmm. spiritual. I'll put, mm-hmm. I'll make it romantic because that's oh. how you cover things up in Malay. Because in Malay, sex yeah. is taboo. Uh, yes, okay, yes. I'm, I'm going to digress a bit. So, after I worked for okay. Ehit, I left and I worked for Cosmopolitan. Now. Cosmopolitan came to Malaysia in 2005. So, uh, I, I left EH to join Cosmopolitan. Now, it is the first English magazine, uh, English title to be published mm-hmm. in Malay. Okay? As mm-hmm. we know, in Malaysia, there's so many uh, titles which are international. Marie Claire, Her World, um, Clio. These are all international magazines. But when they came to Malaysia, they were, they were also written in English. But when Cosmopolitan mm-hmm. came to Malaysia, they had a different idea. They said, oh, let's publish Cosmo in Malay. We want to target the Malay. But, Cosmopolitan is a well-known international female magazine and it's very sexual. So when mm-hmm. I joined Cosmo, that was when we thought, we were thought this, this way of writing. When they talk about sex, for instance, because, you know, Cosmo always has how to, how to make love to your husband. Actually, it's not even husband, it's how to make love to your man or how, yes. to, how to please your man with this, with that. It's very sexual. But because yes. we, 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 we wanted to publish it in Malay, my editor herself, she was a hijab-wearing editor, yeah? So we had to take mm-hmm. a different approach Anything which involves sex, we have to make it legal and halal. So that means you say how to please your husband. Mm. Automatically, you change it. How to please your husband. Mm. Uh, if it's this, um, how to whatever. We made it legal. Okay, so we don't make mm-hmm. it sound like sexual. Like unlike Indonesia, they uh, Indonesia they're very open. They make it sound straightforward. Like you can you can be doing it with your boyfriend. No one will know. But us automatically everything changes to husband. Okay, if yes. you how to yeah. please so. The song you said, if it's very sexual, Mariah's version, I have to change it to mm-hmm. romance then. Instead of mm-hmm. saying one more night with you, well, it doesn't mean one more night with you to just to just be, you know, shagging with you. <laughs> you want to make it romantic? I, I give my I give my all. Uh one more night with you. Can we just one more night to yes. see you to go on a date? Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. So it's <laughs> It's not taboo. It's halal. It's yeah. legal. So yeah. I give my all to have just one more night. Okay, but I have to change. There are lines where to feel your body yeah. next to mine. I obviously cannot put yeah. that if I want to make it right. If I don't want to make yeah. it sexual, I cannot say one more night, you know, satu malam lagi untuk merasa tubuh you sebelah I. I, I, I can't write that. I can't write that. Okay. Now, there's however, two differences between you. Yeah, go on, go on. However... Ever, however, okay. I will have to say yeah. this. In my song, Sals Parunyawa, I did try to play with that a bit. There was a borderline. There's a line which says, Masih terasa nafasmu lembut, me, lembut yes. menyentuh jiwaku. Okay, I use jiwa yes. instead of badan. Okay, so I said, yes, yes. I still feel your breath slowly uh-huh. reaching my soul. Yes. Okay, so that way, I'm playing with literature. I, I, yes. I, 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 I don't make it physical, yes. but let's 
not deny and be honest. Obviously, it can also be interpreted differently. You know, yeah, the moment yeah. that masih terasa nafasmu lembut menyentuh jiwa. Okay, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. your breath. The moment I talk about your breath, yeah. I must be close enough. You know, yes. to have the breath yeah. next to me. Again, I can make it legal and halal. No, we were just talking, and I, yeah, you were breathing next to me. That was it. But mm-hmm. you interpreted the song differently, like, oh no, maybe you're sitting or sleeping next to this person, and this person, yeah. you, you know, that, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, so I just want to point that out. You can compromise, but it's always interpretation of the song, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's beautifully okay. written, though. How you slither the word into this interpretation is... Experience and, yeah, you have to have some experience and you got to know what you're writing. So, yeah, yeah I, I found my way yeah. through, yeah. And in the moment I heard that, I feel like that breath is on my neck, sort of feeling. Yeah. It's close yeah. to my heart. That's where my soul is, you see? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so, yeah. that's, so, that's how I interpret it. Although it's in Malay, it's a sad song. Someone uh-huh. who's leaving me, who's getting, who's give, you know, who's divorcing me or something for someone uh-huh. else. But I can feel that breath on my neck still, the first from the first night or whatever, you know. That's right. <laughs> that's that's how I see it. But of yes. course, if you leave it up there for people to interpret, it, however they interpret it, be it spiritually, sexually, or however, it's up to them. It's not up. It's not yours anymore. Because once you put You're it right. out there... And, and you know what? You... Funny that you point this out. A friend's sister, she's a fan of that song. She's a fan of my work. She's a huge fan of that mm-hmm. song. And she actually interpreted spiritually, Ref. I was so surprised. Yes. She actually told me, Shah, you know that's line, that one line in your song, uh, in Sesal Sparjawa, it says, oh, yeah, aku masih di sini and kau jauh di hadapan. She said it's her ibadah. She said it's like, oh, Betul. I'm so left behind. I terkejut when she told me that. She, she interpreted it so differently. She said... Um, in my thoughts, it's about my my deeds and my good deeds and my ibadah for God. Yes. It's in the things I've been, my practice for 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 what I've been doing, my faith. Like, oh, I'm so far behind. Mm-hmm. I'm still here when actually my soul is ahead. My soul wants to pray more, read more mm-hmm. Quran. I said, oh my God, you really interpret it differently. She said, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So she interpreted totally differently, but the words, that was how she saw it. So I was surprised that, wow, really? It can yeah. be interpreted and in so many it ways. It can. It can be, it can be. You'll be surprised. I mean, you've been in the business for so long and I'm sure people, some people make it public about what they think about the song. Yes, yes. No, there's, there's, there's two, I see there's two ways of writing. There's someone like you who has to sort of self-control in the things you do and the things you write and how you write it. But there's also other writers out there. They can't, they can call themselves independent writer. They can be so sexual, just like uh, raps. Yes, uh, yes. Ken, so how does these two differ from each other and how uh, these two can be in the market in Malaysia? Uh, is it because well, this one is independent? You're not so much independent because you are in the Malaysian entertainment Well, well Okay, well, network. it depends. Where, where is it playing? Mm-hmm. A song mm-hmm. which is too sexual will never get to be on radio, especially if it's Malaysian. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's Malaysian, I remember when when this was yeah around twenty years ago when I was doing Sari Mas work. I was also the PR for the record label promoting the song. Um, if it's a local uh, act singing in English, you cannot make it too sexual because you are reflecting Malaysian values. That's what the government said. But come on, you had the Tong song, Tong the Tong Tong Tong. Oh, I want to sex you up. All these other international artists Mm-mm. were somehow Mm-mm. allowed to have it sexual because the government just made it no. So when people hear this is not our values, these are foreign values. These mm-hmm. are values from the West or whatever. So if they put out sexual stuff, 
you they're, they're reminders. Even now, they still censor certain words in songs. If you hear Hits FM or Fly FM, there's certain songs yeah. censor because yeah. it's considered not appropriate. They censor it. So, like you said, how do they exist? They can exist, but it depends for what purpose and where. So, if it's going to be on mainstream radio, uh, some mm-hmm. songs will get away with it, some won't. If it's locally produced by an independent artist, chances are it won't be on radio if it's too sexual. If it's using mm-hmm. language which is too vulgar, it won't be on radio. But now they don't care. They've got Spotify. They've got iTunes. They've got YouTube. So yes, independent yes. artists put their things out digitally. But I know for a fact, if they want it to be on mainstream radio, it will not pass unless they change their words. Unless they change mm-hmm. their lyrics. So there are some things you still need to adhere to. Mm-hmm. Rules and regulations, the law will still prevail. So there's no way you can just put up something with profanity on the radio mm-hmm. it doesn't work that way so mm-hmm. uh hence rap if it's independent rap and it contains a lot of foul language it won't be on mainstream radio it'll be well mm-hmm. now you can put it up digitally if your friends mm-hmm. want to listen go ahead but mm-hmm. once your fans start pestering you to be on radio then you're gonna have to re-record with a different set of cleaner lyrics i suppose mm. so there's yeah. this chance for them to go of course of course always mm-hmm. And for me, the thing, I, I, I feel that uh, considering I've worked with so many artists for the past uh, two decades, like mm-hmm. I think sometimes some artists are just very uh, selfish and egoistic. They feel like, no, that's not me. The true me is all about profanity. I refuse to succumb to mainstream music. I don't want, well, Yurugi, you're going to lose out because mm-hmm. there's so much money to be made. Your mm-hmm. work is so good. What's wrong with compromising? Just change your words a bit. That's it. And then people will mm-hmm. know you. And I know a lot of artists have done this because... I worked with a record label which produced English mm-hmm. songs. I worked with Innuendo, Poetic Emo, Too Fat. Too Fat yeah. did a lot of rap when they came out. And there were words yeah. which they recorded at first were considered vulgar. Then our mm-hmm. label, our record label, my boss, Ahmad Izam Omar, told them, I'm sorry, guys, you're going to have to change this a bit. And they did. But mm-hmm. it worked. And look where it got them. You know, where is Joe Flizzo now? He's a superstar. So mm-hmm. I'm just saying artists should learn to compromise if they know what's mm-hmm. good for them you want to make a big mm-hmm. name out of yourself you want to make money then you're going to have to compromise i'm not saying sell out don't be a total sell out and change your image and change your music no but yeah. if it's just yeah. a matter of oh tweaking the lyrics or whatever mm-hmm. or the music video don't make it too vulgar oh what's wrong with that i mean in the end you're the one gaining you won't lose yeah. your anyway yeah so yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you i agree you really have to be for what's for the market is um, yes, yes. I mean, I'm be being there. realistic. You, you want to mm. make it your career, yeah. you want to be professional, you're going to have yeah. to be a bit more practical yes. and realistic. That's yes. it. But yes. you don't have to sacrifice your 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 image and, and your your what your self-worth. You don't have mm-hmm. to. Yes. I think they can also stay true to themselves and yet be whoever they are accordingly. That's right. Like, That's right. If they pull right. for TVT girl, you have to meet TVT girl standard for the Malaysian uh, viewers. Yes. Tak boleh, you know, speak certain things and say I cannot, I do, I don't agree with certain certain things. Um, but at the same time, if I do come forward for this sort of show, I cannot agree that this thing, you know. So if I don't agree with it, I don't have to just bring it up during that conversation. For example, you're right. That's right. Uh, kalau tak, <laughs> you, dia, 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 I think the the Kecaman, the, the publicity of Kecaman is not good to your profile, I think. Well, unfortunately, I know it's yeah. not good, but it's Malaysia. It happens, actually, it happens mm. worldwide. You know, people can just yeah. attack you on media. So, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you want to be in the network, this is the rule, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
exactly because that's right we have to buy by the law the government and then whatnot but i think this conversation kansha it's more than just this i think what you just shared to me is an awakening moment to me like a it's lot of I, this conversation i open it up yes, a lot very, of they know <laughs> yes and i'm so glad that you shared with me all this you know stories that are very inspiring to me how you started your journey in the beginning how you how far you've come what are the challenges you face today and how do you cope with it well challenges i guess would be uh oh this sounds so strange to say but mm. uh it's a challenge to myself so now am i contented do i want mm. more i can say we're human beings we do want more i mean There are things we want more in life, but when it comes to work, okay, what do I want? Okay, award-wise, I already told you, I would like to win first place instead of just third place. Okay, that's it. And the challenge is that that's the first challenge. Will I be able to live up to that? Will I be able to get it? What if I don't achieve it? Will I be disappointed myself? You know, if I don't get number one, let's just say next year I get nominated again, and this time I get second or I get third place again. So what happens to me? Am I going to give up? Will I be disappointed? I don't know. You know, so that's one challenge itself. Is in the battle with myself and my goal that's one challenge secondly is as you grow older again i'm 45 so work wise uh you're not in your 20s anymore yeah so mm-hmm. you won't be able to do the same things you used to do you had more energy then and then time i'm being honest uh talking mm-hmm. about us being human beings physically uh i'm not as uh, energetic as i was before so time for me i need to rest i need to you know when i was younger in my 20s i could just go out we had events which lasted till late night my my other writer friends would hang out and then we come back really late and the next day we had another event and it was fine but now the challenge is yeah staying healthy i i'm being honest your health is the first thing the challenge in life in whatever you're doing is is your age age is always a constant challenge I'm because I'm giving this point of view where now I've reached this level at this age. The other challenges are of course maintaining, sustaining and achieving. So maintaining, sustaining meaning to keep up this uh some people they need to keep up with the Joneses. They need to keep up their appearance like, "Ooh, now you're lyricist. So are you just going to fade out, die out?" That happens to a lot of people in the, in the entertainment industry, singers, actors like, "Oh, you came up with a really good song and then you disappear or we don't hear from you." when in reality they actually had worked out but nobody knew about it so that's mm-hmm. a challenge to them would they be able to keep themselves constantly played on the radio and people remember them okay mm-hmm. if you're a, if you're an actor will people always see you on tv okay that's them but for me as a writer i have to make sure my work is always out because i think that's a challenge because the moment people don't know you then you mm-hmm. won't get all the perks that you used to get you won't get to achieve what you want to achieve um as you know refi i do a lot of stuff i'm not just a lyricist i'm a writer yeah. i write for entertainment i i do a lot of travel writing as you know i travel all the yes. time once a month i i stay at nice places i write about mm-hmm. these places i write about these countries so that's also important i have to constantly keep traveling and and you know showing my portfolio to all these people which sponsor my trips whenever i go airlines or or hotels mm-hmm. uh tour companies tourism offices like you know so the challenge is age to keep up with all this to do so many things i have mm-hmm. to constantly find the right pace i cannot overwork myself at the same time because mm-hmm. uh funny that i'm pointing this out i just did a test 
a few weeks ago, the Malaysian AIDS Foundation had a test for everything. Eh? It was not just about HIV. They, they encouraged the public to come. I never yeah. got myself tested. So I said, oh, why not? I'll just go for a test. I mean, I don't have anything to worry about. People say, oh, uh, you know, this. there were some people talking about HIV directly. They said, well, if you didn't yeah. do anything wrong, you don't have to worry. I said, it's just a test. But they were testing mm. other stuff, hepatitis, your blood pressure, everything. And then mm. I found out, oh, your blood pressure is a bit high. It sounds mm. like if you believe it's this high, that means you're stressed. And mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute, how can I be stressed? I have a relatively easy job. My job is not mm-hmm. like everyone else. I don't go to the office. Uh, I have a fun job. I get to travel. I get to sense it. So then I realized maybe there's something else out of work, out of my professional path that is making yeah. me stressed. I don't know. Yes. So it might be personal. It might be relationship. I don't know. So I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe there's something else. But that is the challenge. It's actually as a human being for me, because your question is directed to me, mm-hmm. it's my personal health i need to be well be fit to keep up with all this to constantly do this to sustain and maintain my name as a writer as a lyricist you know i still i'm being honest i still want to travel the world i still want to write about nice places but i gotta be healthy i gotta be fit and to be fit and healthy i must take care of my health i need to rest uh you know i cannot do everything all the time and i need to churn out work i need to constantly churn out more writing so I got to be smart about that. So that is the biggest challenge. I think the biggest challenge is yourself. You know, mm-hmm. the biggest challenge is myself being fit and healthy, constantly sustaining what I can do. Like I said, an actor will always have to appear on TV. If not, people are going to forget you. You go and get jobs. Singers as well. Mm-hmm. You know, radio, no one's going to call you. They think you're no longer singing. Uh, so as a writer, you got to keep writing because once you stop writing, people think you're no longer writing. Mm-hmm. So to keep writing, you got to be healthy. You got to be well. So mm-hmm. I think that's my biggest challenge, actually. Of course, there are minor challenges where the market gets bigger there's competition uh that yes <laughs> i was about will, to ask yeah that will never die down. that will never yeah. die down um as a lyricist i'm not really worried i'm being honest i'm not being pompous but uh we all do this if you want to look for the best composer people will look for the most senior the most oh i'm going to get a good song from that guy he can give me a good song because it's proven he's got a track record so mm-hmm. alhamdulillah as a lyricist i have singers and composers looking for me Abasha, I want to work with you because they know my work. They've seen my lyrics. They know. Okay, so I don't have to worry. But professionally, uh, for my day job as a writer, now that is a bit of a challenge because now people want a good writer. Yes, I'm a good writer. But oh, but there's another writer who can give me the same amount of work at a cheaper mm-hmm. price. So I might as well go for that writer. Of course, the attitude and all that, they will only find out later. But that's how they choose a candidate nowadays. So like, okay, mm-hmm. so that's another challenge. Apart from myself, it's the new breed of competition. That's the other challenge you'll face. There'll always be people, you must remember, you are irreplaceable. Yeah. You know, there, there'll always be somebody who can write just as well, if not better than you. There'll always be yeah. somebody who can sing just as well or better than you. So same thing. For me mm-hmm. to work, I think that's the other challenge. It's the competition which comes up and and at this age, you got to make sure, like I said, to sustain your job. If you mm-hmm. lose your job, you, you know what you're going to do next. You know what you're going to do next. You got to be constantly prepared and secured. What what would be your source of strength then? Uh, love and support from friends and family. Again, it is very cliche, but that's it. Because that's it. When, yeah. you, when your friends don't support you, you you don't know what to do. You need people to tell you. You know, uh, it's so cliche, but it's the truth. Like, why singers continue singing because they have their fans telling them, "Oh, don't stop singing. We love your voice. We love your music." Same thing. I have people telling me, uh, "Abasha, please don't stop writing. We love your work. Uh, we love reading your lyrics. We love reading your articles. Don't stop writing." So. That's that. And of course, the other source of strength is reality check. Money. Mm-hmm. Money. Mm-hmm. That is reality check. Source of strength, 
Yes. It's better work to live. You got to live. If you're yes. alone, you can't pay your bills. No, yes. no money, you can't pay your bills, then you can't, you can't work. Mm-mm. So, unfortunately, that is the reality that comes in. The source of strength is not just love and support. It's also it's the money. fact... money. Yes. <laughs> not to know that, uh-uh. dude, if you tak keluarkan lagu besok, you tak ada royalty. Tak ada royalty, tak ada duit. You yeah. nak makan apa. Betul. You know? So, yeah. yes. So, two things. Love and support, friends and family members, and... Money, material needs will always be there. You're still going to need to eat, sleep, work, you know, drive the car, pay for petrol. So that is a source of strength. You got to tell yourself, if I don't work, I'm not going to be able to get what I want, you know. And you're getting older. Please remember, you're getting older. You're not going to be able to work forever. One day, you're going to turn 90 and God knows, you know, when you reach that level, will you be able to write just just like what you're doing now? You need to sleep, you need to rest, you have doctor's appointments and stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, reality is that it's love, support and money. That's the source of strength. Yeah. I love how honest you are about it. I really am. Um, <laughs> straightforward. Cut to the chase. Money is a source of strength. Yeah, because some people are being hypocritical about it. They want to like beat around uh, the bush. Oh, no, no. Uh-uh. Money is not the Money main. isn't everything. Money no, isn't everything. No, don't, don't lie. I'm, I, I do agree money is not everything. But it is still very crucial. Like I said, no money, you cannot buy your basic needs. You're going to need money. That's reality. Exactly. That's reality. Yeah. This is our basic source yes, of life yes, today. Yes. So that's why I said having royalty is a big help for me. I just oh. sleep, but my song has been played. I still get money out of it. So that's when, like you said, awakening moment, that was a big awakening moment. Mm. After 10 mm. years of writing, I realized, I'm so thankful to God that God gave me this other source of income. Like, even if I'm jobless, I don't have my day job for a certain amount of time. I know there's money inside the bank for me, which comes in every year for a song I wrote 10 years ago. It's still being oh. played. So oh, it's it's being paid every year or every yes, year? Yes, yes. Every, every year. year. So we, every get year. Annual, oh. we get an annual from, from MACP yearly. And for mm. the digital one, we get it every quarterly. Mm. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So this source of income, this money thing is real. So I, I'm so thankful to God that I know whatever happens. Mm-hmm. If I don't have a job, no, Shah, there's money inside there. You just wait. The, the money, and ironically, again, yeah, it's mm-hmm. God's blessing. MACP, mm-hmm. the Music Authors Copyright Protection, they distribute this money to all the composers in Malaysia on the 31st of July every year, which is my birthday. Mm. So I really believe it's all planned by God. Like, what are mm-hmm. you on? I get my royalty yeah. on my birthday every year. I found this out when when I used to call them up, call Dulu Dulu. They would, uh, you have to go and get the check and statement. You have to go to the office, and? run it faster. If not, they have to bank it in. It takes time. And I called them up and say, oh, when will the royalty? Oh, Encik Shah, among stated, our royalty is distributed every year on the thirty first of July. So then on said, your birthday, oh, yeah, mm. on my birthday. So it's mid year. That's how they do it. So you get your royalty mid-year every year. And that's the, the one for TV and radio airplay for concerts and stuff. For the digital one, the Spotify, you find that one we get quarterly every few mm, times. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, I also believe that, you know, like a lot of things that is got planned. Like I met you a long time ago through my brother. Yeah, exactly. If I didn't study in France, I wouldn't have known your brother. Okay? Yes, I would if have I met you. You would brother. have been here today with me. Yes, about- exactly this and then I wouldn't and to make the world smaller by coincidence I found out that your kampung is also same kampung with me as in yeah your grandparents rumah is just behind my grandmother's house in Gedong Lalang in Seremban like, yeah. so I yeah. actually <laughs> met your grandparents house I remember <laughs> once Kenapa? as a riot. do so, they know each other? 
uh, that time I already knew uh, your brother, of course. But I don't know whether I already met huh. you. But yes, I did oh. because your brother said, "Come over, Shah." So I went. I went. I uh, went to the house. Yeah. Where was I at the time? <laughs> maybe you were out with your cousins, I suppose. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Ah, I think I'm just putting a like that. You came to the house and I wasn't around. Yes, but that's what I'm saying. So to make the world even smaller, oh, if I didn't study. So in small. I didn't mm. have. I wouldn't have known your brother. Wouldn't have known you. And mm. I found out. Oh, from Negeri Sembilan as well. Yes, and say where? Said, oh my god! And then found out lah. Mm. Kau tulang langka right behind me. Mm. 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 Yeah, okay. You know, so. okay. We're next to uh, Seri Rosma's house. Yes, that's why I know because uh, <laughs> Rosma was a friend of my aunt. Ah yes, yeah. Yeah, so she used to come over to my grandmother's house and used to talk yes. to my aunt. So that's why I found yes. out it's a small world. And and yeah. I also I'm Very also small. now friends with Rosma's daughter, Datin uh, Azrin, Fazli's yes. wife. So okay. yeah, like I say, when we talk about it, it's so funny, like how small the world is, like yes, you know. So yeah, yes, very small. <laughs> Coincidence. It's all planned by God. Very yes, yes. What is your most defining moment in this journey, and what is your most valuable lesson in life? You can pick one, but what are also your words of wisdom you hold? Perhaps you can share your advice on how to live a life with meaning and purpose in the pursuit of happiness. I think it's love, uh, romantic love, because I just realized uh, I I wrote an article in Malay about this on on A many many years ago, mm-hmm. saying that your parents taught you to study hard, do well in life, so that you get everything. Yes, you can get all the material needs, but there's one thing you cannot buy, is romantic love. Yeah. Okay, so uh, that valuable lesson, I guess, falling in love and breaking up, that was a lesson I think to me. Mm-hmm. Falling in love for the first time when I was much younger in my twenties, I think that was I would say until today, mm-hmm. uh, it plays a part because I still think about it at forty five. I just realized mm-hmm. um, you can have everything that you want, but sometimes you realize that you're alone and that's not very nice. So yeah, uh, mm-hmm. really, I I I have to say this from the bottom of my heart. I think romantic love is something people take for granted. Everyone says. Oh no! I'm gonna forget it. I'm just gonna be happy. I'm gonna work really hard. This this TikTok post which keeps coming out. If you're alone, work hard, be rich, so you get everything. Yes, but honey, reality is when you have all that money and you have all these things in your life, you sit alone at home in your room. Then you realize, oh, so what's the meaning of all this? What's all this wealth? And you've got no mm. one to share it with. I'm not saying, of course, we've got family. I've got I've got nephews. I, I I'm yeah. very close to my niblings. Yeah, my nephew travels with me alone, just the two of us, to another corner of the world. I'm that close with my family, but. I'm just saying, romantic love is something people take for granted. Um, mm-hmm. I understand now why they say people, uh, no man's an island. Why I, I, some parents, you know, they till death do they part. I love looking at older couples and everything. I think romantic love is something we take for granted, and that's actually an awakening moment for me. Falling in love when I was much younger, mm-hmm. and knowing that will I ever get to experience it? Because I wrote this article there. Oh, your parents tell you to study hard, but actually in life, after studying hard and getting all that what you want, is that it? They didn't teach you how to deal with heartbreaks. Mm-hmm. How to deal with heartaches? Your parents just tell you do well in school, then everything will be okay. Everything's gonna be perfect. Well, I'm sorry to break this news, but no, it didn't help to be that perfect. Yeah, you do well in school, you get all these achievements, you have royalty coming in every year, just sleeping at home. But you know, that's it. So I have mm-hmm. to say this, honestly. I guess that's why we're all hopeless romantics. We're writers. We're songwriters. Mm-hmm. That's why we end up being lyricists. It's things like this which inspire us to write. So. Yes. Romantic love is something which I think people take for granted, and I believe it's the most valuable lesson in life. Falling in love is a variable, very valuable lesson in life. Mm-hmm. It's a defining moment because it 
it's that awakening moment which you asked me just now. Like I said, there are many, mm-hmm. but this one particular one you told me to pick, I'm picking this one because that's when you realize I don't want to be alone. I can't mm-hmm. be alone. I don't want to. I don't want to die alone. Sam Smith has this song about not wanting to die alone. Yes. So, yeah, and mm-hmm. so I think that's that's something which I would like to promote. Mm-hmm. Romantic love is not something you should take for granted. As much as mm-hmm. we say love is yeah, yeah. That's why I said you can buy material needs, but love is not something you can buy because if you're buying love, then that's not love. You know, yeah. a lot of people can do that. I'm sorry to offend if there are any other ladies out there who marry rich men for the wrong purposes. I'm sorry, I don't mean to offend them, but if mm-hmm. these people married them for the money, well, whether there's love, it's between them. But money, like I said, you can find, you can really work for it, you can look for it, you can work hard, you can get money, but love is something you cannot. Um, especially romantic love, sincere love, to know that somebody really wants you to be with you. So yes, my defining moment would be falling in love, uh, and then um, the lesson which taught me is that no matter how hard or how smart you work, uh, humans can never live by themselves. We always need support system around us. So my word of advice is. Never give up on your dreams. It took cliche, but it's the truth. Like I said, it took me 15 years to win my first award. So the point is, I didn't give up. I worked mm-hmm. for it. It was a dream I wanted to do. Uh, nominated, maybe 2008. It didn't take me that long. Okay, being nominated, it took me just slightly less than 10 years. But still, 2008, I started writing lyrics in 2000, 2001. So about eight years to actually be nominated. But the point is, you just keep working. So never ever give up on your dreams. There will always be people telling you it won't happen. I believe if you really work for it, you will get it. I know this. If you really, if you think you're not physically attractive, then do something about it. You know, lose weight. If you, the reason you didn't get to what everyone wanted to do is because of physical appearance, then do something about it. If you think the reason you didn't get this, you didn't pass this exam, is because you didn't study hard enough or smart enough, then you study smarter, you study harder, whatever. I really believe. Yeah. You work for it, you will get it. So never give up on your dreams. And if you are a believer in faith and God, if you are, because there are people who don't believe, that's fine. But if you are a believer in faith and God, don't stop praying. Pray for it. Yeah. Yeah. So I work and I pray for it. And Alhamdulillah, God has been very kind to me. Most of the things I want, I have. So yes. I'm not going to stop being thankful for that. Yes, and I can see that. I think your advice is also for me in this journey. Like. Oh. Really? Wow, it really, <laughs> but romantic love and all what I want now, what everything is just literally like, I would take that advice to the core, Shah, because like it's hard. It's just hard to not. You found yourself, but you it's not there yet. You know. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I can totally uh, understand. That's why some friends actually went through divorces, breakups, and mm, uh, yeah. they actually told me this. They said, Shah, I could stay on just for the sake of my kid. I mean, I, I yes. Then she said, but no. I I will be miserable. I'll be unhappy because I know mm-hmm. what's going on and everything. And in the end, divorce was the better route out, which led to yeah. something else. So yeah. this trend. So I'm I'm talking about reality. This is not just something we're making up. We watch this exactly. On TV, we read the news. This is things which happen yeah. every day. So mm-hmm. I'm just saying, in the end, never take romantic love for granted. It's something mm-hmm. that that is very important because yeah, you can work. You can have all the money in the world, but that's one thing you totally believe. Eh? Memang God has given okay. that. It's fated. Yeah, you're gonna have to find it. So that's why I said. So. Bukan duit je tak boleh beli. If you go see Pawan or um which they the first thing they say they cannot do is buy love, or do see? it for love. 
Kan yeah. tak boleh. Ha. So exactly. it's not just money. Memang tak boleh. Exactly. Tak boleh. Because we know of witchcraft in Malay orang kata guna-guna. You can get somebody yeah. to like you. But even then you know that's not love. Because you're it's actually temporary. using... Yeah, it's temporary. Yeah. It's temporary. Sekejap je. Yeah. It will go away. Because you... The you... spell breaks, that's it. Yeah, you know, that's it. It's not even... Yeah. And all along, even when the spell was working, you know this person is not in love with you. It was the spell that's yeah. doing all this. So yeah. this is reality. Like I said, this that's is reality. <laughs> reality. This is reality. Well said, well said, Shah. Now, before we end the conversation, what are your hopes and dreams for yourself, for your family, and for the world? Well, I already said it earlier. My hopes and dreams for myself, I don't want to die alone. So, I hope someday I'll meet a special someone yeah. who will be there. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. For my family, of course, we wish them all the best. Uh, I'm, my hopes and dreams is that I will get to achieve uh, the dreams that I've always harbored since I was young. Like I said, I'm very thankful. Most of my dreams have been fulfilled. Uh, mm-hmm. I would like to live a happy life. I know again, uh, most of the things I'm saying are cliche, but I'm just pointing them out that it's the truth. I've realized as much as some people say, "Oh, you're just lazy," you know, there's this cliche line about Malays being lazy, and then they say, "Oh, why are other races?" I I would like to believe, especially Malays in Malaysia, we're mostly Muslims, and we know that you're not going to take your money to your grave. Some people say that's just an excuse for you not to be hardworking. Also, oh, because you know you're not going to take your money to your grave, so you don't work hard. No, no, don't get me wrong. Some there are a lot of Malays who are doing very well in life uh, financially, but there's a reason why maybe we don't go overboard. Maybe because you really know, okay, this money will be left for your family, whatever. But the one, I mean, like I said, I'm a believing, practicing Muslim. Yeah, you have to understand that. Despite whatever sins yeah. I do, I'm a believer of my faith. This mm-hmm. is why, like I said, I want to have enough. So my goals and dreams is that I hope until the end of the day of my life, I will always have enough. Okay. I don't want to live a life which is in poverty or susah. Of course, I don't want that. As you know, I'm being honest. I travel every month. I stay in nice places. I, w- I would like to hope that I could continue doing that for the rest of my life. You know, this whole traveling every month with my family, with my friends, mm-hmm. yeah. um, staying in nice places, writing about them. Uh, but at the same time, it's fine if I'm not the richest person in the country or in the world. That's fine. As long as I have enough for myself and my family to the rest of my days, mm-hmm. I think I'll be happy. So that will be my hopes and dreams. First, to find that special someone, whoever that person is, and secondly, is to constantly yeah. just live, live the way I can and have enough not to complain. Okay, I don't want to complain. I don't want to live a life where I complain like, oh, I can't eat there. Oh, I can't buy that because I don't have money. So I hope I'll always have the resources to get what I want physically. Yes, ah, like I said, that in money we cannot deny. It's it's a source of strength. Yes, reality check. Okay. But yes, mm-hmm. I don't need to be super wealthy. No, I gotta have enough. I hope I will always have enough until the rest of my days. Yeah. Well said, Shasham Shiri. You are an inspiration to me. Thank you for sharing your stories with me. Thank you so much. Oh, I hope... most welcome. I'm so honored <laughs> on this show and you. I really think like I'm a nobody for you to ask me, right? I was like, oh, okay, but okay, I'll take it as a no. as a compliment. You want to have me on the show, so yeah, thank you. Yes, you are somebody. You've done a lot. You. You not just an award-winning lyricist, but you are the Shashim Shamshiri that a lot of people know. The the, the real Shashashiri. This is very valuable to me. I hope you bring value to people who listen to this. I hope so. And thank you. Support the He Podcast via a one-time donation, a monthly subscription from as low as one dollar, a lifetime membership and purchase his exclusive collection of merchandise and for all other business inquiries at buymeacoffee.com slash
Thank you for listening to He. The new episode is available every Thursday. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at RefuRidsWan and at He Podcast for all the updates and behind the scenes. Once again, thank you for listening to He with RefuRidsWan. Thank you.